You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part two of two and is entitled, Ask, Seek, Knock. In verse eight, there's a great encouragement here. It says, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. It doesn't say it might be opened. It says it will be opened. What an incredible promise from an incredible God. Which leads us to our second point. Prayer engages a benevolent father. Prayer engages a benevolent father. Let's look at the next section. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9 through 11. Which of you... If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? As parents, we would never deliberately fool our children with a stone when they ask for bread. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't try and trick them in any way. Nor would we, when they ask for something like a a fish or or something that would help them, would we give them something that would harm them like a snake? That's the whole communication that Jesus is, is, uh, is talking about here. You wouldn't ever give them something harmful when they're asking for something that will help them. Now, I realize that within the sound of my voice, there are people who have not had necessarily benevolent fathers, but he's communicating, again, a general idea here. And it is this, is that even though we are seen as evil, and let me point this out, he's not saying, you know, you wretched people. He's saying in comparison to a perfect, perfect creator God, we look pretty evil. And he's saying in in relation to that, if you know how to do that which is good for your children, don't you think that just maybe I, being your Father in heaven, know how to take care of you. That's an incredibly benevolent Father who wants to care for you and to care for me. The text indicates here that God desires to give His children good gifts. Now, what are those good gifts? What is He talking about by those good gifts? Point number three. Prayer enacts a God-honoring purpose. Prayer enacts a God-honoring purpose. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Let's look at that one more time. It says, If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? These are gifts, meaning those things which are good for them things that are helpful for them. In our terms for us, things that will help us spiritually and in every other way. 
The other day, one of my daughters lost her car keys. If you've ever lost your car keys, which most of us have, you know how frustrating it is? You ever notice that you don't lose your car keys when you don't need them? Why, why is that? Why do we never lose our car keys when we don't need them? Of course, we never go searching for them. I just want to know where they are when I need them. Not that I need them now, but I just want to make sure I know where they are. We don't do that, right? We go searching for our keys when we need our keys, which makes it all the more frustrating when we don't have our keys. So the other day, she seemed to have misplaced those keys. And uh, first we said, well, do you know where they are? Well, obviously not, because where I thought they were, they're not there anymore, okay? So we began to try and help her find them, and we're looking around, looking around, going through everything, you know. <laughs> Nothing. No keys, just a room that need to be renovated. It's got to be here somewhere. No, it's there. And then, being the spiritual one, let's pray. God, help us find the keys. Amen. So we looked again. We looked through. We looked over. We looked under. We looked inside. We looked around. We looked everywhere. Two, three, a million times, nothing. They evaporated in the thin air. They just evaporated. They had been raptured, and we'd been left behind. <laughs> well, one of our girls eventually had to be somewhere. We have three girls. Two that are at home with us. One of our girls had to be somewhere, and well, quite honestly, I couldn't wait any longer, so I went into plan B mode, asked the neighbor for their truck. Oh, you've done plan B mode before. You know, when you don't get what you need, you just kind of figure out some other ways. Well, I will go next door, I ask for his truck, he obliges. I take my daughter, my youngest daughter, where she needs to be, and meanwhile, back at the ranch, my wife pulls aside my daughter, who's lost her keys, and says, you know, we really need to pray. We've exhausted all of our resources. And so they pray. Together, they pray. And my wife, Kay, as she's going upstairs after they've prayed for the millionth time, she whispers yet another prayer. And she says, God, would you remind us again, that you hear and you answer our prayers and our cries of desperation. Would you show yourself faithful? Almost immediately, she finds the keys. Where? Where we had looked a million times. What was the difference? Was it coincidence? I don't think so. You can think whatever you want. I know what I think. Because just a little while later, I'm kind of having my time alone with God. And you know what those times when God just kind of invades your space? He invaded my bubble. And he spoke to me something really, really clear, and it was this. 
He said, when you ask me to help you find your car keys with no other motive in mind because you just wanted your car keys, it may, and catch this, it may have been for your good, but it wasn't for my glory. But when Kay asked that I show my glory, Well, that's another matter altogether. Because that's what God enjoys doing, is showing us His glory. And it's not an egotistical thing. Because the best thing that we can ever experience in this world is His glory in our lives. God desires to give us things that are for our good and for his glory. That is a God-honoring purpose. That's what he desires to do in our lives. Parents, let me give you an illustration. If your child comes to you and says, hey, mom, dad, can I have 20 bucks? Sure. Normally, we don't do that because normally, instead, what we do is say, why or what for, right? Those are normal responses from parents. Isn't that right, kids? When you ask for 20 bucks, they don't normally just say, sure, no problem. Here, take it all. <laughs> You're going to anyway. <laughs> just have it all now. Get it over with. Once... We're done, okay? Empty. <laughs> Account closed. Insufficient funds, what? No, normally what we do is we ask why or for what reason do you want this $20, right? Or we say the bank's closed, sorry, come back another time. But if our children, on the other hand, they come to us and they say, Mom, Dad, I need to know if I can borrow $20. There's a friend of mine that I've been talking with recently, and they've been asking me about the gospel. And we've been having this ongoing conversation, and they called me this morning. They said they would really like to spend some time this evening and really began to nail down some answers to some of their questions about Christ. And I just need 20 bucks so we can go out, I can buy us dinner, and we can sit down and talk. Oh. Well, now that, you need 40, no problem, right? $20 is no big issue for something like that. Why? Because it has significance. It's for God's glory. It's for your good. It's for their good and His glory. John Piper writes this, and listen closely and hang with me for a moment. Prayer is not for gratifying natural desires. Prayer is not for gratifying natural desires. Now, I know that Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, and, and what would be no more natural than asking for, desire, uh, for food to eat, right? And I know that there are dozens of instances in the Bible where people are praying for protection from enemies, for escape from danger, for success in vocation, uh, for recovery from sickness, and on and on and on. 
My point is not that those desires are wrong. That's not my point, so don't hear me say that. My point is that those desires, and here it is, those desires should always be subordinate to spiritual desires, God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, fruit-bearing desires. David says in Psalm 37.4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart cease to be near, merely natural desires when the heart delights above all else in God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Delighting the Lord, revering Him, seeking His kingdom, doing His will transforms our natural desires into God-related desires. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says this, This is the confidence that we have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. A little grammar lesson again. Cause and effect. If we ask anything according to His will... Cause, effect, he hears us. Prayer is not for gratifying our natural desires. It is for gratifying our desires when those desires become so purified and so saturated with God that they coincide with his plans. John puts it another way in 1 John chapter 3, verse 22. He says this, Whatever we ask from him, we receive because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Do you see the relationship again? We receive as we keep his commands and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Cause and effect. Last thing. James chapter 4 verse 3. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on yourselves contextual point for all of this. Back to the context. What is it that Christ is talking about in Matthew 7 that would be God-centered to ask for in the context of what he is teaching? Can we look again at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16? You guys have that on the screen? In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works, oh, there's that phrase, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what it's all about. It's about gaining glory for God and us doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. What is it that he is challenging his disciples to crave, to seek after, to be persistent in the request of him, it is the ability, it is the empowerment, the enabling to do those things that he has called them to do for their good, for the goods of, good of others, and for his glory. When we pray, why do we pray? Are we praying for gratifying our natural desires? 
Or are we praying for spiritual desires, kingdom desires, Christ-altering, fruit-bearing, God-glorifying desires? Point number four. Prayer demands a reciprocal response. I don't know if you have ever um, seen the movie Pay It Forward or not, but the premise of the movie is based upon a boy who begins to understand the principle that if enough people put into practice Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, that he would have a real chance in making life-altering investments in the lives of people. And as those recipients did the same to others, they too could make investments. And as the process of multiplication begins to take over, you could quickly make a difference in the world around you. With that, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. In other words, everything that is taught in the Old Testament or the law. Now notice... He says, so in everything. That's the New International Version. In King James Version, it says, therefore. The therefore or the so in everything is basically saying, in light of all that I have said, therefore, in light of all that I've said, treat others as you would like to be treated. If you consider the context of Matthew chapter 7, where Eric last week spoke about judgment and being judging, instead of judging others, pray for Christ to enable you and to empower you to treat others as you would like to be treated. In consideration of all that God has done for us, how should we then treat others? How do we get there? By prayer. By seeking God, desperately seeking God for Him to enable us to do that which He's called us to do. The only way there is through connecting with God in prayer. So what? So what do we do as a result of what we now know? Could it be that maybe now would be the time to begin to passionately ask our benevolent Father to show His glory in our lives and the lives of others. It's been mentioned today that it's a launching of a focus on prayer. Can I encourage you again to pick up that little card about ask, seek, knock? And if you haven't, just take a moment and begin to ask God, what is it that I need to begin to request you for, for my good, and for your glory. Be deliberate. Be intentional. Watch God do what only God can do. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you will pierce our hearts with the truth of your word. And that as we apply the truths of your word, that we will forever know that you and you alone hear our prayers, our desperate cries for your intervention, and you answer them for, your, for our good.
and for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I encourage you. I encourage you to now go to the atrium and make sure and post those requests and see what God begins to do in your life. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.